You are now listening to the IntersectionVictoria.com podcast. A place where faith meets facts. A podcast made for the thinking Christian and the skeptic. And thank you for joining us today where we listen to world-famous atheist Steven Pinker pontificate about why humans don't have free will. I believe in a God who holds the heavens and the earth in existence. I believe that on the basis of rational evidence. Vikramasinghe came out with a conclusion, and Frederick Coyle both said this, there is no way to explain the origin of life, and I'm quoting Coyle now, in an earthbound explanation. Something extraterrestrial had to be brought into this plane, to this picture. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to listen to a two-minute clip from world-famous psychologist and linguist Dr. Steven Pinker, where he attempts to convince us that everything happening in the human experience is purely due to chemistry, brain chemistry, that is, and that there is no such thing as free will. Now, Steven Pinker is an avowed atheist, and atheists believe that only the material world exists, That's sometimes called naturalism, or the view that nature and nature alone is all of reality. Now, if naturalism is true, then that means everything boils down to physics and physics alone. From an atheist or naturalist perspective, nothing outside the system of physics can come into play, even in human affairs. Or else, this would admit to something that is outside the system of physics. In other words, metaphysics or aka the supernatural. So Pinker will have to choose to not believe in what seems to be the most obvious impression every human has from childhood onward that we are free to choose in to behave and think about anything we would like. So let's see if Steven Pinker can convince us otherwise. I don't believe there's such a thing as free will in the sense of a uh, a ghost in the machine, uh, a spirit or soul that somehow reads the, the TV screen of the senses and pushes buttons and pulls levers of behavior. Uh, there's no sense that we can make uh, of that. Uh, I, I think we are, our behavior is the product of physical processes in the brain. On the other hand, when you have a brain that consists of 100 billion neurons connected by 100 trillion synapses, there is a vast amount of complexity that means that human choices will not be predictable in any simple way from the stimuli that have uh, impinged on it beforehand. So one of Stephen's points is that the brain is so complex that it's impossible to predict human behavior. So yes, he's right. There are 100 billion neurons and they interact via 100 trillion synapses. So how could anyone predict how such an incredibly complicated system would behave? This is the atheist's quote-unquote way out. You'll notice that at, at some point or another, most modern atheists, the old school atheists didn't do this, by the way. Nietzsche and company, the German existentialist Jean-Paul Sartre, the French existentialist, they just said, yeah, life's meaningless. You have no personality. You are not an actual entity. You are a conglomerate of body parts. You have no free will, no real meaning, and all of your emotions and dreams and wishes are simply little pools of chemistry. They were old school atheists. They told you the straight dope. 
The new brand of atheists understand that this causes suicidal depression if it's collectively absorbed from in a society. Uh, as a matter of fact, many of the existentialist and nihilist philosophers struggled with depression, and many of them committed suicide. So they're trying to sugarcoat their atheism in this new version of atheism in the 20th, 21st century. So there's always an attempt to explain away what we can't quite stomach, which is that notion of being a biological robot. So don't worry, say the atheists. You, with our little view here, you will feel as though you're free, so you won't be bothered by the worldview implications of being in a genetic jail from which there is no escape, even though it contradicts your first-person experience. And yet, in reality, this does nothing to escape the notion that you do not exist as a free being. Just because you feel as though you are a conscious, free-acting being does not change the fact that under atheistic worldview, you are most certainly not free. No matter how you slice it, either we're genetic robots or free agents. What's interesting is I remember watching a Twilight Zone episode. Now, for those of you who are too young to remember what the Twilight Zone was, this was a 1960s era show in which there was a sort of always a psychological, uh, it was a psychological horror type of theme. In one particular episode, I'll never forget this, a, a little girl, all-American girl, loves mom, loves dad, loves her dog, and throughout the episode, she comes across strange clues that something's not quite right. At the end of the show, the climax of the show is when she discovers she's actually a robot, and all her childhood memories and all this stuff were artificially implanted. Now, as you're watching this as an audience member, you feel the sheer horror of what that would feel like if that turned out to be true of, of you or me. So it is a notion that, understandably, is not one we can and should stomach. We also know that that brain is set up so that there are at least two kinds of behavior. There's what happens when I shine a light in your eye and your, your iris contracts, or I hit your knee with a hammer and uh, your, your, your leg jerks upward. We also know that there's a part of the brain that does things like choose what to have for dinner, whether to order chocolate or vanilla ice cream, uh, how to move the next chess piece, uh, whether to pick up the paper or put it down. Uh, that is very different from your iris closing when I shine a light in your, your eye. This, that second kind of behavior, one that engages vast amounts of the brain, particularly the frontal lobes, that incorporates an enormous amount of information in the causation of the behavior that has some mental model of the world that can predict the consequences of possible behavior and select them on the basis of those consequences. All of those, th those things carve out the realm of behavior that we call free will, which it is useful to distinguish from brute involuntary reflexes, but which doesn't necessarily have to involve some mysterious soul. Another of Pinker's points is that involuntary reflexes are different from high-order thought process, and he's right about this. this. I see this as an attempt to soothe the audience. Pinker describes simple brain reflexes, like knee jerks or eyes reacting to lights, and compares them to things like deciding how to play your next move in chess or where to invest your money. Pinker says the two are very different in how we experience them. Yet, if his worldview holds true, and free will does not exist, 
then even these complex processes in our brains are simply knee-jerk reflexes. They just take a bit longer to manifest. Again, somehow the length of time for an automated response to take place is supposed to disarm our horror about being the robot atheists say we are. How physics interacts within the macromolecular world of neurology is up to physics alone. Dry, hard physics. But the process is so unpredictable, says Pinker, that we can just relax and enjoy the feeling of having free will, even though we don't. So according to atheists, you don't need to worry about your you don't need to worry your pretty little head about the nightmare scenario of being trapped in a meat puppet acting in whatever way it wants, and the fact that you don't really exist as an I or as a you. And why? Well, because this just is. And again, the difference between the new atheists and the old atheists is the new atheists say, hey, let's just pretend that we're not in a horror show reality. Now, if you look at our episode entitled, Can Atheists Think? in season one of our podcast, you will see that we make a defense or we make an active case for the fact that neurochemistry cannot account for the many things humans experience. And we give a logical scientific analysis and case for the presence of a quote-unquote ghost in the shell on top of human neurology. Human neurology cannot explain human consciousness and experience alone. So check that episode out and get some details. In C.S. Lewis's book, Miracles, he speaks at length about the inability for uh, not only a, a free will to be accounted for by materialism or naturalism, but that rational thinking itself in a purely materialistic system isn't thinking because thoughts are simply chemical reactions. And you would be unable to guarantee that your thinking can even be corrected and aligned with reality if it's trapped within a system that would have limitations. When we discuss the notion of reasoning, we are presupposing the ability to change our minds based purely on whether or not our thoughts are found to be rational. This process would require total free will of our mind to adopt what we see to be rational, logical. Yet a biological robot has no such capacity. Therefore, in a world of atheism, the thoughts of a brain of a man like Pinker would not only not be guaranteed to be accurate, but it wouldn't even be guaranteed that he could change his mind were he to come across rational information. And in, in a purely material brain can only proceed along the lines allowed to it by physics and its personal makeup. It must follow the train tracks predetermined before it by physics. It has no pure connection to reason, only a connection to biology. Therefore, we can very obviously be forever trapped in an irrational loop depending on our biology's established track. And we all recoil at this notion because it contradicts, again, our very first person experience. Now, interestingly, most of our history's greatest thinkers, including Socrates and Plato, have reasoned for the existence of free will and an immortal soul that is separate from our physical bodies. They did so through laborious dissertation, not simply off the cuff, as we see Pinker do in this, in this particular video. So the good news is, there is more evidence, matter of fact, the evidence is preponderously in favor of you being something more than a meat puppet. That's great, 
God bless you for that. Please join us for our next podcast. Thank you for joining us. Please visit our website and social media. Find us at intersectionvictoria.com. Goodbye.